Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers Podcast, your weekly Australian podcast all about Parkrun, featuring myself, Scotty Trickett, and my co-host Mel Urbacher. How are you going, Mel? G'day, Scotty. I'm good. How are you? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Midweek, uh, we've got a public holiday here on in Melbourne. We're, we're the kind of town, we're the kind of city that has a public holiday for the footy finals. And midweek, aren't the finals on at the end of the week? They are. So we get we get a holiday on Friday. Oh, okay. You're not on holiday today. Not yet. Not yet. Are you in the party mood then? If you've got a short week happening? Absolutely, absolutely. I've got I've got footy finals fever. Um, amazingly, I don't know how this happened, but Collingwood made a grand final again. Uh, Two thirds of my house barrack for Collingwood. And despite not following the footy all year, they're really into footy this week. Isn't that funny how yeah. people's, you know, excitement peaks if uh, somebody gets in the grand finals? Collingwood, they're the black and white ones that have magpies on them, aren't they? They are. I know this from Melissa Ellis getting swooped by magpies last yeah. week. Yeah. And that's it. So interesting time for them to be peaking because everyone hates magpies at the moment because they're <laughs> swooping us. And now we actually hate the football club because they're in the grand final. But it's really hard for me to hate them when my two favourite people in this world are really happy when they win. It's a real it's a real contrast for me. I struggle with it every day, Mel. So let's not bring the podcast down. I want to hear about all your fabulous adventures from Ballina Coast because that is a gorgeous part of our country that we live in, that we call Australia. It's beautiful. It Absolutely is. Absolutely stunning. And it's the easternmost point in our land. And did Ooh. you all know? Oh, well, this is the thing, see. I went there to figure out whether or not the parkrun course was our easternmost parkrun because, yes, Ballina Coast is within Cooey's distance of Byron Bay, which is the actual proper easternmost point of Australia. Australian um, mainland. Australian mainland. There yes, are bits off, off the mainland. Yep. Um, yeah, and and I needed to to put to bed a very old – argument about which of uh, between Ballina Coast and Kingscliff Park Run is the easternmost event currently in Australia. And I may have the results, I may not have the results. I'm having a little bit of trouble deciphering between the the points of longitude or latitude or whichever one is the one that I'm supposed to be deciphering between. I, I cannot find on the interweb which like how how to explain which one is further east like when the number goes up or the number goes down whether or not that means it's closer to the east or not it's very confusing i have spent a lot of time googling and trying different variations on the question about how to figure out which one's further east and i think i've got it but i don't want to speak out of turn so i'm going to continue my research however I will say that I'm pretty confident Ballina Coast Park Run is not the Ooh, easternmost event. Because you you were pretty confident that it was before visiting. No, no, I wasn't. I oh, was you weren't? confident that Kingscliff was. Yeah, oh, uh, my understanding is that, or, or it was, that while the course runs further east, we, it's mapped from the start-finish point at both events. That's That's the point that Chris and I decided was going to be the decider because while courses might change and vary over time, the start and finish points are most likely to remain the same. Okay, so, so there is a very important point that you've mentioned there. Yes. Because you guys came up with the club, so this is why we don't ask for advice from the internet because we know we've got some massive nerds who listen to the podcast and they will give you the answer. But we don't want their answer, do we? We want Mel and Chris's answer. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Great. Absolutely. And that's why I felt it was important that I physically went there so I could compare GPX files from both locations that um, I had effectively created myself. So, yes. Um, but GPS and compass points aside, Ballon the Coast Park Run, it's a cracker, Scotty. Have you done it? No, I haven't. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very lacking in events in the north. It's a long way from Melbourne. It's a long way to drive. Yeah. Well, you know, you should get yourself happening on a road trip at some point because it's it's definitely one to add to your list. It's 
beautiful. The volunteers are friendly, no surprise there. There were at the turnaround point, at the at northern turnaround point, because it's got a couple, it's sort of um, an out and back where you, you go in one direction, you go south first and then you turn around and come back and you go past the finish line sort of further north and turn around and come back again. At the northern turnaround point, there were dolphins playing. They were they were cruising in the waves at the break. It was it was very exciting. I've never seen dolphins from a course before. I know really? we've had reports of them at Kiwana, but I've never seen them. Yes. So uh, I was very excited. It's pretty cool. That happening. I yeah. think we've got a we've got we've got a pretty high quota of like beautiful events in this country, I think. On proportion and percentage. Like if you weigh up our like gorgeous events, ones that you have beautiful coastline views or you're in um, lush bushland, I think we do all right in that department here in Australia. Yeah. I think you'd be struggling to find one that was ugly, to be honest. But that doesn't detract from the gorgeousness of Ballina Coast. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Did um, anyone recognise you? Did you get mobbed? How, how, <laughs> how is the podcast received in Ballina Coast? I... I flew under the radar for this one. I didn't even introduce myself to the event team after the event this time. I just thought I was participating with my family, with my extended family. And so, yeah, we just went along and had a really quiet one. I did, of course, thank all the volunteers. But, you know, I don't feel this need to go up to people and say, hey, guys, my name is Mel. I'm kind of a big deal. Hmm. Thought you'd want to know that I was here because you might see my name in results later and kick yourselves that you didn't say hi. So, yeah, that's not me. I'm not that person. <laughs> so, yeah, we just had a nice quiet one, which was which was lovely. So it was nice not to be mobbed, but I'm sure mobbing would have occurred definitely. Hmm. Yep. You know, no because ego that's, that's here, the, but definitely. Well, there well that's the mobbed. thing when, when you're a podcast host, a superstar, we know your voice, but we don't know what you look like, Mel. I mean, a lot of us don't know what you look like. I do because I've met you. I've seen you. I've touched you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you should have just spoke really loudly to your family. And then you would have got mobbed, oh, okay. maybe. Maybe. What, what do you think is your most distinctive character from the podcast? Is it your laugh? People think oh. your laugh's quite nice. Well, that, there's, there's a lot of contention about that too. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I've got anything particularly distinctive. Um, what do you think is your your defining feature that, you know, the one word you, you might say that somebody goes, ah, oh, that sounds like Scotty Trickett? Oh, well, they, they, they know exactly when I start speaking. I think I've got quite a distinct voice and I am I do talk slow and laid back, as we've mentioned quite a few times and people mention it to me. So when they meet me in person, they go, oh, my God, you really do talk like that. <laughs> um, do they think? But you see, that's what I like. Podcast, that's what I like about you. You always laugh at everything I say, so people know you for your laugh. People tell me I don't laugh enough, but I'm laughing on the inside, people. <laughs> and that's probably where Kasha <laughs> gets again. it from as well. <laughs> yeah, she's not a big laugher. She is just like her dad. Well, that's great. That is great. Um, where did you go, Scotty? I was back at home. Yeah, I know. You had some milestones. Yeah, we had some milestones. We had a few of my um, Westerfoldian legends doing some milestones. The whole family of Burroughs ticked off a 100, a 50, a 25. I think there was a 10 in there as well. Um, another one of my mates, John, was doing a 100. There were milestones everywhere. So it was a, it was a big mm -hmm. celebration. And you know what we did? We went back to – we had breakfast afterwards. Mm -hmm. And um, – as, as should be your right when you're celebrating your milestone and you invite your friends back to the post-event cafe, the Burroughs family are vegan. So they took us to a plant-based cafe. Which, Yum. Yeah, which was fantastic. And um, the cafe were, were spot on. They did a really good job. The food was delicious. And I really liked it Like taking because it is taking people out of their comfort zone to present them with a menu that doesn't have eggs on it when you want to have uh, eggs for breakfast. But I had some beautiful tempeh in a Reuben sandwich. Uh, Yvonne had this fancy Japanese bowl. Uh, it was great. So it was, a, it was a really great turnout for a post-park run breakfast, which, to be honest, the Westerfoldians don't do much. They, they do it a lot more now. 
but it was um, quite enjoyable. And it was just such a gorgeous day in Melbourne on the weekend. It was like spring is here, summer is coming. Awesome. It's all, it always helps to have a bit of glorious weather shining down when you want to celebrate these good things. Yep. But unfortunately, you know what? The weather only lasted one day because we went back to juniors <laughs> on Sunday and it was cloudy and it was cold and I would have thought the kids came out. It was school holidays, all the footies over, netball, all that sort of stuff has finished up for the year. So I thought the mums and dads would be dragging their kids along to juniors. But, numbers um, down. The numbers were down a little, which surprised me. Still a great morning, and I was tail walker at juniors, so I got to see the back end of the field, and that's, as you would expect, lots of fun, lots of real juniors, like those four-year-olds. Um, <laughs> one of them was doing their park run for the first time, part of a, a park, good park run family, and um, their four-year-old daughter did her first park run, so it was great to see that. Cuteness. We decided after the debacle last week that was Scotty's references once more to the Westerfoldians that it was time to get a Zoolander back on the show. So we've popped on over to WA to talk to our next guest who is what we would classify as an uber tourist in his state. His name is Abdul Rauf Mohammed Issa. Apologies for stumbling over that Abdul. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers. Thank you very much for having me. Um, glad to be here. Excellent. That's what we love to hear. Now, Uber Tourist is definitely what we would call you. You've done quite a lot of runs or walks in the parkrun world. You're, you're pushing your 250 shirt. Are you gonna, you're not going to quite get there this year, but I'm assuming it's on the cards for next year. You've done every event in your state. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I just completed Bursford a couple of weeks ago. And another goal of mine is to volunteer at every park run in WA, which I did by scanning at birds with just the past Sunday. Awesome. So you went back on a separate occasion to, to volunteer as well. Yeah. So the, the ones that are metro, I try to get back and volunteer and run, whereas the regional ones I'll usually tell or just to double up because they're a bit harder to get to in WA with the distance. That was my next question. So I wouldn't call it cheating, but that's how you get around because WA is a massive state. So I can't imagine you want to go back and forth uh, two weeks in a row to Port Hedland, for example. So you um, have tailed walked at the more remote events. Yes. Um, another way I got around it with Kalgoorlie, that is a six-hour drive. So compared to Port Hedland, it's not too bad. But they had a double with Christmas Day. So it was the Saturday, Sunday, so that worked well for me. Oh, okay. When you said a double with Christmas Day, I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> so, yeah, the re regular one, I think, fell, well, regular one fell on Saturday. And I'm, actually, no, I think Christmas was the Friday that, that we are. That's a brilliant idea. I had never considered, um, you know, lining up one of those magic years where it's park run two days in a row to head out to one of the more remote events that's a great yeah that's i'm i'm working out when the next year that's going to happen is making plans abdul i'm curious how early on your park run journey did you set about to do this was it a was it a goal from the start or was it something um, you figured out halfway through so when i started there are only the well, when I first started, there were only the two in WA and then Canning River started the week after, so the three. So it wasn't really on the cards then. I don't think I volunteered till my after I'd run about six or seven events. And then I'd say I made the goal when there were about ten events in WA and it was just a reason to see the different events and see how, even though it's all the same thing, it's good to see how different events work and how they recruit volunteers. Can you just clarify for us how many events are currently in Western Australia? 33 and the 34th Paralakes is starting this Saturday. That's still an impressive feat and effectively you've been there pretty much right from the start, which is awesome. So of everyone, you know, you can chart the progress of the growth in WA as it's happened, especially since you're quite the adventurer. 
has it spread like I haven't been paying that closely of an attention has it spread sort of from Perth outwards or have you noticed that you know uh, quite a few more remote areas popped up in the early days and sort of moved back in um so I've seen it definitely spread more in the metro area first regionally I didn't see it spread till about two or three years ago and then I'd say it was people traveling maybe people traveling from the north or south of western Australia coming to Perth seeing what it's about and then thinking oh that'd be great to have in our community as well. And how did you find out about Parkrun? What inspired you to get along Abdul? Uh, so the story goes, I did a cycling event, the Ride to Conquer Cancer, the very first year it was in Perth, and um, Lady Cheryl, she was in the same team as me, or called Cycles a lot, and it just so happened one day I was just scrolling through Facebook and she was tagged in a picture at Claysbrook. So I saw the, and I kind of did a re- bit of research, as I saw the word parkrun and things that caught my eye were that it was free weekly in times, and then signed up for it, had a look at which events were available in WA, and at the time it was just Claysbrook Cove and Rockingham. I was living in Forestfield at the time, and I noticed that Canning River was starting the week after. So I thought I'd check out Claysbrook and, yeah, see what it was about. It was a bit of a um, bit overwhelming for me, being, like, new and not knowing anyone. I think... There were less than 100 people, but for me at the time it was quite overwhelming. Like I pretty much did the run and then went home. And then, yeah, that's how that's how my story started really, just finding someone tagged on Facebook. Even though you found it overwhelming, you obviously thought, well, you know, I, I, can, I can handle this. Were you a runner previously? I mean, I know you said, you know, you did a big cycle, so obviously you're an active person, but where did your running story start? I've always been a runner since I was in primary school. It was more like when I was in school, 400 metres was too long for me. I preferred the one and 200 metre events, definitely more of a sprinter. Um, and then in high school, I was actually part of a waste program, the West Australian Institute of Sports. So we trained two, three times a week, hurdles, sprints and like relay events. So I've always definitely been more of a short distance runner. My first... I guess distance event would have been the 12K City to Surf back in 1999. So that was the 25th year that it ran here. And I just, that was more for fun, just running. I did that about five or six years in a row. And the only other kind of running I do is playing team sports like basketball, futsal, and netball. So yeah, I've always enjoyed my running, but nothing, nothing too serious. I want to get back to the park runs. I want to know, tell me some of the curiosities or differences you've picked up on your travels. Like what, what happens at some events that um, you think stands out or it works really well? Have you got some tales from your travels? Yeah, so one thing I like about heading different park runs is the, the one, well, that's one reason I volunteer. It's just a different way to meet people because when you're running, you're always around I'm like the same, usually around the same speed, same people. Uh, one of the tales I have is actually when I went to Mount Clarence in Albany. I've, uh, it was a, I'd signed up as the tailwalker, so I had to get down there. I decided to take my scooter, and so I had to leave. Oh, I left in the morning about one or two o'clock filled up, it was full and then I was riding there and there weren't many petrol stations open and luckily about 20 k's before I got to Albany, I filled up and I knew the scooter was pretty much running on empty because the light had come on, but luckily there was a petrol station just before I entered Albany and I was able to fill up and yeah, get to Pike Run in time, so that was uh, pretty lucky. What kind of distance is there between um, your home at that t- at that time and Albany? So Albany, oh, I just lost off my head. It's about four hour drive, about four hundred plus k's, I think. If it's that long, on so when you say four hour drive, is it four hour drive for a car? Or because scooters they don't go as fast as cars, do they? They're like eighty kilometers an hour. Or do you have one of those supercharged ones? 
I had a 250cc. It was a um, Piaggio. So, yeah, it could get up to 100, 120. And, and what do you think when, um, you know, <laughs> the fuel light is on and you don't know where the next petrol station is? <laughs> and it's early in the morning after a long night's drive. I pretty much just had to uh, put the head down and just hope that I'd find something and try to keep as aerodynamic as possible. Not that that would have made much of a difference. You find yourself leaning forward? Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, so I'm placed if work, so it kind of came, I was kind of used to leaning forward, getting out of the wind. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely was uh, hoping that I'd find something. But luckily, a petrol station was open on the way and I was able to fill up and get to Park Run on time. And what about outside of WA? Have you exclusively WA or have you done some international park runs or any over in the east? So interstate, I've done a couple in Queensland. I've done South Bank and Stones Corner, whereas Melbourne, I did Albert Park. So they're the only other ones in Australia I've done, whereas overseas, I've ticked off East Coast and West Coast Park Run in Singapore. Yeah, so the, the, my first event in Singapore was actually at East Coast Park Run and I was only there for 12 hours because I was actually with my family in Malaysia for the Formula One. So I decided to, I don't know, the flights, return flights were less than $100, maybe even 60 So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just head there for Park Run and come back. Family didn't want to go, but, you know, they just thought I was a crazy fool to do that. But <laughs> <laughs> I love I, – I wonder what is the smallest amount of time anyone has ever spent in a country for a park run because 12 hours, that's got to come pretty close. And you must have flown through the night for that to eventuate given that park run starts in the morning. Yeah, so at the time it started at 7 o'clock. I think they pushed it back to 7.30 now in Singapore. So, yeah, it was still quite dark. I would have left – it's only – it's about a 50-minute flight. So I think I arrived – two, three in the morning, stayed at one of those hotel places for a couple of hours in the airport and then caught a taxi to Park Run, ran, ran, had coffee and breakfast with some of the crew and then caught a taxi straight back. Awesome. Well, next time you're in Malaysia for the Formula One, you can um, stick around and they'll have a couple of events up and going by the time that happens, I imagine. Yeah, hopefully, but I don't think there's a Formula One in Malaysia anymore. Oh, okay. Well, then you'll just have to go for Park Run. Oh, oh, yeah. I'll make a reason to go there. <laughs> Mel's not, you're not up to date with the Formula One schedule, Mel. I, I must admit, um, it's one of the sports that I don't follow among all of the sports. <laughs> I, I, I must admit, I knew there were two park runs in Singapore. I didn't know there was an F1 race either. There are three park runs in Singapore. Well, there you go. I don't know anything. <laughs> hey, what I do know is that um, volunteering can be pretty fun. I've got my favourite roles and I've, I've got a couple of least favourites. Uh, does that apply to yourself as well, Abdul? Have you got a couple of favourites and some that you avoid? Um, I definitely prefer tail walking and scanning and probably marshalling. Uh, I enjoy the tail walking just because you actually get to see the course, whereas when you're running, usually just following the person in front. So, you know, you get to be, do a bit of sightseeing if you haven't been there before. And the next time you go, you should be able to get a PB. Um, so with the marshalling, yeah, I just like to see other people smiling and having a good time, giving out high fives. And the scanning is another good good way because you get to meet new people and see, them, see how their run went. I try to avoid timekeeping and... Finish tokens. I've done them a few times, but they're the two which I've had a couple of issues with when I do it. So I've actually dropped the tokens a couple of times. And with timekeeping, there was one time where I'd started the watch not knowing, so I pressed it again. And then I realised I'd already started it, so I pressed it a third time. But luckily, it was only a couple of seconds apart. So I'll let the run director know, but that'll happen. Don't worry about it. All these things are very easily fixed. I'm sure the event teams had no qualms whatsoever with your creative volunteering is what I like to call it. Yeah. 
I love how you said before that you you started volunteering because it's a great way to meet people because when you run you you generally run at the same pace so you're always running around the same group of people I'd never really thought about it that way but it's true I mean I mean it doesn't matter where you fit in the pack if you are a consistent um, speed I guess you are always going to be around those same people um you also mentioned that you felt quite overwhelmed by the numbers in the early days. Is is volunteering or was volunteering in those early days as well uh, a kind of personal challenge for you to, you know, push yourself outside of your comfort zone to get to know some new people? Yeah, a little bit. And um, it was also a way to give back because I thought Parkrun kind of found my love of running again when I found Parkrun. And it's pretty much like a second family to me, Parkrun, the number of people that I've met and the new friends that I've made. Um, but, yeah, the, the challenge was there. I tried to do a few of the different roles early on just to see how I liked them and get a feel for everything. Being a run director probably didn't come naturally because I'm not the best public speaker. I've gone better, but, yeah, still get a bit nervous when I'm out out there in front of a few people. Abdul, we, we normally ask our guests um, to supply a photo of themselves that they like. Usually, well, we, 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 yeah, we like them to like the photo because it's of them running or experiencing park run and we use it uh, to promote the podcast. Now, I would say, yes, we may have an expletive from time to time. However, we're mostly a family podcast. Are there any photos of your park run journey that you can think of that would not be appropriate for our podcast picture this week? Uh, there are a couple. Uh, a couple? <laughs> Plural, <laughs> more than one. The first one was actually at Pioneer and it was one, I, can't, I think it was the second anniversary and I had a beach theme and I, taught, I told some people, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do any budget smugglers and swim cap and goggles, jokingly, and then come the day I thought, ah, oh, stuff it, I'll just do it. So I waited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it strategically. I waited for everyone else to start. So I was still in my shirt and t-shirt, uh, shorts and T-shirt, waiting for everyone else to start, and I hid behind a little tree. Not that that would have made much of a difference. Um, took off everything except for my bungees, put on the swim cap and goggles, and started running in thongs and a heart rate monitor because I was pretty serious running. You know, gotta have that. Heart rate. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, got a few wolf whistles and run. The the looks people gave me like. Well, is this guy actually running in? Yeah, you took him. It took him a while, and to even realise who it was next to them. But so the run director, the run director on the day, didn't uh, record an incident <laughs> because of your apparel. <laughs> I don't believe so. I, okay. I told them. I told them you can see the water because we run along the river, and it was part of the theme. So you know, I was just doing it for the fun of it, and. So, you know, you can see the water, and I thought that was the rule with budgie smugglers. As long as you can see the water, it's fine. <laughs> I've never heard that rule before. <laughs> um, I don't know, Scotty, do you, does that sound okay to you? I, There's I, a lot of events in Victoria that are near water, I imagine. Look, it's perfectly okay to me. I know some people in the parkrun world get a bit nervous when we see some bare skin, particularly on the blokes, but, I'm, I, you know, yeah, um, if you can pull it off, why not? <laughs> so that was the first. Did you want to hear the second story? Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the second one was at Woodbridge, and that's all along the river. So, you know, you can see the water pretty much all the time. Um, and that time I, I did the same thing. I waited for everyone to start. There were probably a few more people. And once everyone had gone off, I'd taken off everything but the budgies, chucked on the swim cap and goggles. And I even carried a um, kickboard that time and ran barefoot. No, so I ran in thongs, whereas the first time I ran in sneakers. So I ran in thongs, so I stepped up my game. And uh, that didn't work too well because started uh, chafing on between the toes. So I just ran barefoot from about halfway. Oh, it was between the toes that was chafing. <laughs> yeah. yeah that... I'm glad that you clarified that. <laughs> Yeah, 
you know, it's it's only it's it's five k. So. Yeah, but okay. Was it even a theme? Had to take off the thongs, not not the thong. Not the thong. <laughs> the thongs, not the thong. Thongs plural. Flip flops or jandals, depending on where you live. Um. Yeah, but I I have to ask, was it a theme run that week, or you just decided to do it? <laughs> no, that was a theme run because someone else had also run with their kickboard, and when they saw me, they actually go, "Oh, I was going to run my buddies again as well," but. Oh, you know, I wasn't sure if anybody else would. And I said, okay, another thing I must mention is I changed pretty much once I crossed the finish line, I was straight into my clothes. So it was just for the 5K, just to clear that up. Okay, see. Yeah, afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're not a full exhibitionist, only on the course, is what you're trying to clarify. Yeah, um, I'm on the course, goggles, swim cap, focused, you know, people, (laughs) yeah, but... (laughs) Do you wear the goggles over your eyes or on your head, on your forehead? No, I actually have the prescription goggles because I wear glasses, so I needed them to actually see. <laughs> but they didn't fog up while you were running? No, the worst part is actually the swim cap. Taking that up while the sweat, running 5Ks in the swim cap, it's not comfortable. I wouldn't suggest it. But, yeah, that was probably the worst part of the costume, the swim cap. <sighs> Well, I think the next time you do it, you're going to have to step up your game one level more and wear flippers. That might have to be a tail walking role. <laughs> Although that might be too slow for you to feel comfortable in that outfit. <laughs> oh, when I'm in that 5K zone, it doesn't matter what's around me. I just, I just get it done. <laughs> That's how I feel like when I'm in costume. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yes, well, um, people who are listening to the podcast may have noticed by now that we have not used one of those photos. Um, I'm sure Abdul has uh, submitted something with a little bit more clothing. Yes, yes, I'll definitely find something that's a bit more appropriate for this channel. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. That's okay. And now I want to know your top three. Have you got some favourites? That you visited? Uh, yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll skip my three homes that I've had over years, which oh, would good, be... Good, because that's part of the rules. Pioneer and Woodbridge. So even though they're my three, I thought I'd mention them. They're the three that I've set as my homes during my time. Um, my three favourite, they're all in WA. Uh, in, in no particular order, I'd have to go Margaret River. I do like the trail running. And it's just along like River Creek, up up one side, pretty much down the other, and then you finish. It's quite unique. You finish in front of the cafe. They've got the I guess little balcony, and you finish finish outside the Harry Marin Cafe, which is also a bike shop. So that's one of my favourites. Uh, the other one is Manjimup. So I enjoy that one because of the you get to run around the Kingara Tree, and then you run out on the footpath alongside the road. And I enjoy it because of uh, it's quite hilly, and the one of the times I ran there, they had avocados down the bottom, and you could uh, put a dollar in and take an avocado at the bottom of the hill, run to the turnaround, and come back. And the last one of my three would be Mount Clarence, just because I do enjoy my hills, and it's a very scenic view when you're running along the course there, out back along the coast, and you finish. The, the start's uphill and the finish is really quick being down. Pretty much the last K is downhill and you run on the sand for a bit at the end there. So it's something a bit different. This is fantastic. I'm learning new things. I, I didn't know. I mean, I've heard about the King Jarrah tree at Manjimup, but I didn't know it was a hilly course necessarily and I certainly didn't know about the avocados. Uh, but Margaret River's a new, a new horse on the course, as it were. So it's good to hear that one's making it there. I, I would agree with you. It's definitely a beautiful one. Abdul, you are a statesman. You're a volunteer statesman. Do you chase any of the other sort of unofficial clubs? I mean, what's next? It's It's got to be fairly easy to stay on top of it now, providing they don't keep launching things in really, really far corners of WA. Um. So one of the goals I've actually got is the Ollie Volley. So, so I'm assuming you two have heard of that? 
Yes, but for the listeners who may not be familiar, do you want to explain it? So the Olive Volley is volunteering in every state and territory in Australia. And I know that Margie Olsen has done that. So that's something that um, I'm planning to do. So far I've done it in the three states I've been in, so Queensland, Victoria and Western Australia. Um, she's actually planning on coming to WA in September, so hopefully we can uh, meet up and get a picture together. And if I've got the time, I'd like to get that olive volley before she gets here next September. Abdul, good luck with that. Uh, I think you're a wonderful asset to Parkrun with your commitment to volunteering. Um, and thank you for coming on the Parkrun Adventures this week and sharing your tales from becoming a WA statesman. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, thanks for having me. And it was great to have a good chat and tell you a few of my stories. Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Greta here, and I'm at the Stebbin Heath Parkrun launch, and it's a beautiful day, so we're going to uh, do the parkrun and then find some people to talk to. All right, so it's Greta here, and I'm now here with... Simone. And how did you go, Simone, today? Uh, pretty good. Got uh, the 31 minutes, which is about my average for a 5K run. Lovely, lovely. And is this your first parkrun? Uh, I think it's about my fifth, but it's my first one at Stebbin Heath. Yeah. And where's your normal parkrun? I'm um, Carisbrook. That's a lovely course as well. It is, but it was nice to mix it up and try something new today as well. Yeah. And so do you think this is going to be your local? Is this closer to home for you? This is closer to home, so I think it, I might make a bit of an exchange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a beautiful day today. It's glorious, isn't it? It's been a little bit cold in Adelaide lately, and this, but the sun's out today, so it's beautiful. It is. It was perfect running weather, so that was good. Well, thank you so much for coming to the launch of Stebbin Heath, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. No worries. Thanks. Okay, so I'm now here with Alan, and Alan, you're the photographer today. Yes, I am. First time. First time photographer? Yep. Yeah, well done. Thank you so much for volunteering. My pleasure. And is this, what's your, when When did you first get involved with Parkrun? Uh, this is my first Parkrun. Is that right? Yeah, 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 it's my first official Parkrun. Well, there you go. So you came, I know you were at the trial last week. I was at the two trials and yes. the goal the week before too as a, as a spectator. Ah, just to check it out, see what was going on. Yep. Yep. And how did you hear about Parkrun? Uh, from my good friend Helen Turnbull. Yep. She's a uh, she's been park running and she's been telling me all about park run for the past couple of years. And so when I heard about Step and Heath uh, starting, I thought that I would um, be part of it. I don't do very much. I can't do the five kilometre course, but I um, um, I can't walk very far at all. But I still want to get involved in some way. I don't like sitting around the house doing nothing. How fabulous. And so you can come along and volunteer. Yes, most what I do. I'm down every week. Lovely, lovely. And is this going to be local for you? you live, yes, live I'm local? very local. Yep, yep. And so you're obviously really keen on being part of the community here at Parkrun. Oh, yes, I, I'm really keen. Uh, I've heard so much about how much of the family life, fam, Parkrun family uh, and all that sort of stuff that I've heard about. Um, my friend Helen, she just keeps going on about things. And <laughs> so you thought there's got to be something in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, after just being here today, or even for the trials as well, I can see what a great bunch of people they've got here. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to being here in the future. Well, look, welcome to the Parkrun family. It's so lovely to have you. We love welcoming new people to the Parkrun family. Okay. So thank you so much for coming along. Well, thank you too. Thank you so much. And volunteering your time. Okay, thank you. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your Parkrun journey. I, I, I know I'm going to. <laughs> lovely. Thanks, Alan. Okay. Okay, so I'm now here with Helen. How are you going, Helen? Great, me hearty. <laughs> so I should probably explain to the listeners that we had a bit of a pirate theme at the launch today. And you look fabulous. Thank you, Mahati. <laughs> <laughs> and you're also tail walker today, so thank you so much for volunteering. And I was talking to um, Alan earlier, and I hear you're also his inspiration for coming along to Parkrun. How awesome are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Parkrun's great, so, yeah, he caught my enthusiasm and he just couldn't wait for a local one to start so he can come. Yeah, how good is that? Well done. It's and fantastic. In, inspiring him. It's great, yeah. It's great to see him out here and giving a go and lots of people, Yep. And so what's your parkrun journey? When did you first start parkrun? 
precisely two and a half years ago. Really? There was a bunch of parkrun addicts in the UK and they, we used to do challenges together and then when they started in Australia I jumped on it straight away. Oh lovely and which parkrun do you normally go to? Mostly Gawler, but yeah, Mawson Lakes as well as now here. Yep, lovely. And and you also park run in the UK? No, no, we're just friends online, online ah, competitions. You're hearing it, yeah, yeah, yeah. How wonderful. And so, will this be your new local, or will you go back to Gawler? Do you think? Still staying with Gawler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming along today, and especially for volunteering and for everything that you do for park run. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, so we are now at the John McVeaty Centre and we're here for a post-parkrun coffee and I'm here with Cheryl, the event director for Stebbin Heath. Congratulations, what an awesome launch. Thank you, thanks for coming along. Can't ask for much better weather and lots of people. How beautiful is it? Yeah, it was great, perfect weather. And we're sitting outside here um, at the front of the John McVeaty Centre and they're supporting us with coffee? Yeah, they've been really great to get on board with the council and help us out and um, yeah, no hassles at all with organising that, very accommodating, it's lovely and sunny, we've got the tables out the front so they've really put a lot of effort in for us. Beautiful. So tell me about Stephen Heath Parkrun, tell me about the course. Okay, well it's a mix of trail and flat bike path. There is a little hill coming back up to the finish. Um, It goes out in a U shape and you can see the turnaround point from the start line. Um, Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty fast course and it gets a little bit of mix of everything with having the trail. There's a big uh, wetlands in the middle, lots of ducks, so it's nice and scenic for the mums and dads that want to walk along with the kids. Um, yeah, so... A couple of bridges. Yeah, a couple of bridges. Um, yeah, I can't really think of much else that you would need in a park run, really. And it starts and finishes at a lovely sort of central park area with a playground and barbecues and toilets, and it's a beautiful spot. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of things. Um, drink fountain, and then we've got the dog park just down the road, so if you want to take your dog before or after park run to have a bit of off-leash time, you can do that as well. That's awesome. So tell me about your park run journey. Where did you start park running? Uh, my very first park run was at Lockheel Park Run and that was back in 2015 so I went out there a few times and um, yeah really enjoyed the vibe and met a few lovely people had a bit of a break for a while with family illness then started going again and slowly people convinced me to become an event director out at Gawler which I started 12 months ago So this is the second park run that you've started? Yeah, number two, I don't know, call me crazy, but yeah, <laughs> just um, it's a lot of fun and it just does so many things for people, getting them out in the fresh air and it's great for families as well. It is wonderful. We had lots of families out today with dogs and prams and kids. Yeah, and it was also wonderful to have the men, the mayor, uh, Glenn Doherty, he was out with his two little girls, they're four and five, so he came out and joined us today, as well as uh, Tony Piccolo from Gula, he came out, so yeah, a bit of uh, local support, and a couple of guys from the Playford Council as well. So. And the council have been really supportive? Oh, very much so, they'll do anything, bend over backwards to help out, and uh, hopefully we'll get the little athletics club out and about joining us to volunteer soon as well. Wonderful. Well, congratulations on a fabulous launch, on a fabulous day, and good luck for the rest of Stebbin Heath Parkrun. Thank you very much. Morning, Parkrun Adventurers. My name's Steve Marston. I'm an event ambassador, but today I'm doing something a little bit different, a little bit out of my comfort zone, and I'm turning the tables on the Parkrun Adventurers Channel 5 roving reporter, Lindell, who's here at Bunyaville, my home Parkrun and her home Parkrun, and she's just done her 100th Parkrun. Well done, Lindell. Thanks, Steve. How are you feeling? Oh, pretty buggered, <laughs> to be quite frank. It doesn't get any easier out there, does it? No there's, no. there's no such thing as an easy park run at Bunyaville. You go out there trying to take it easy, but uh, those hills get to you. And uh, how did you come to park run, Lindell? Uh, well, I, um, I think I've told this story before. I was running, doing a long run one morning in New Farm, and I came across New Farm Park Run. Oh. And of all people, Tess... Ah. from Bunyaville here, was volunteering, um, and she told me all about it and said, you can join in, but everyone had already started, so I thought, oh, I'll just follow that away and come back later, and then, I don't know how much later it was, one of my friends said, oh, I want to do a park run, will you come with me, Lyndall? So <laughs> off we went and went to New Farm Park Run, and And the go. rest is history, yeah, as they yeah. say. And so how did you come to be the Park Run Channel 5 roving reporter, though? Oh, I just... Um, it sounded interesting, so at that time I was doing a lot of adventuring to different park runs and I'd been listening to the podcast and, you know, they were looking for roving reporters, so I emailed Mel and Scotty and said, 
do you need any special skills or equipment to be a roving reporter? And they said, no, just yourself and your phone. How oh, easy right. is that? Well, I'll give it a crack. So. Oh, no. well, look, I'm stepping outside my comfort zone today. Well, that's what Parkrun's all about. I've never done anything like this. I have done a little bit of research. I've been, you know, looking up the interview skills of Lee Sales, you know, Parky, Norman Dunstan. For I can our... tell. I can tell. <laughs> I just hope you don't do a Clive Palmer on me and just throw you the microphone down in disgust and walk off. Oh, well, I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to think of a question then that maybe might elicit that kind of response. <laughs> <laughs> and so have you had any interviews you got to the end of them and go well that probably wasn't the right person to interview oh yeah but you know everyone's got a story and yes. people tell them in different ways and, and that's okay I mean I think that's what Parkrun's about everybody's here for different reasons and have different uh, motivations and it's the same when you interview people people want to tell their story in their own way and I, I it's really you know it's a testament to Mel and Scotty that that's what their podcast is all about you know and what a massive following it has, hey? A massive, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's rivaling TEDx talks. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In yeah. downloads. Yeah, yeah have totally. To be. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of a story behind your 100th parkrun at Bunyaville because we haven't seen you at Bunyaville for a little while, have we? No, no, I've... Look, I... You set yourself a little challenge? I did set myself a challenge. I wanted to get to the get to 50 on the most events list before I did my 100 and I made this decision a little bit late so what it meant was that I didn't have much room to do double ups so I've been venturing around a lot in the last probably six months and not been at home as much as I would maybe like but so you're just telling uh tim our run director here today the story so what have you done what have you what's your hunt this breakdown of your 100th park runs so I've done 100 park runs 20 of them are at Bunyaville um, I've also volunteered here. I've done pretty much all my volunteering here, and that's at about 20 or something like that um, as well. And I've done 50 different Australian park runs, and I've done two overseas as well. Woohoo! So. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. been a lot of fun actually, and that's probably part of why I thought I'd put my hand up to do roving reports because I was going to all these different park runs and being not very organised, I'd often make a last minute decision on a Friday night oh, I'll go to that park run over there. And so I didn't have any friends to, you know, it was too late to organise friends to go with me, so I'd just rock up by myself. And just interviewing people was just a, you know, good excuse to talk to strangers. So. Look, there is a big thing in the parkrun tourism about the craziest things you've done to get to a parkrun. And what's your story with that, Linda? Oh, the craziest thing I've like, done. We all see Tony, Jenny. Yeah, yeah. He does he some. kayaks to things <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. you know. So have you got any similar stories? <laughs> I don't know whether I have. I just get in my car and. And go. And go. I mean, probably the furthest I've travelled in a morning was, you know, I made a late Friday night call to go to Toowoomba to their anniversary. So that was a bit of an early morning. Yeah, and, that would. Um, you know. I've got a cousin that lives up there, so again, just rang her at the last minute and said, hey, what are you doing in an hour's time, you know? <laughs> so, but no, nothing, I don't think there's anything really crazy. I, I ran to East Coast Park, park run in Singapore. I didn't really know where I was going, and I was just running along and hoping someone, in a park run shirt, and hoping someone would find me, so. <laughs> That's the spirit. Yeah. All right, Lindell, enjoy your 100th park run. It's a beautiful morning for it here at Bunyaville. Sure and is. I'm looking forward to a coffee now. Yep, me too. All right, See awesome. You there. Okay, thanks, Parkrun Adventurers. Bye. Hey, a new voice there. An old voice, a couple of old voices with Greta and Lyndall, but this time Lyndall was being interviewed by Steve out at Bunyaville. Well done, Lyndall. Phenomenal effort. And yes, yes, absolutely. It's not 100% a new voice because we've had Steve on the show before, but it's the first time we've received a roving report from him. Love your work, Steve. Keep them coming. So it's it's a bit of a skinny calendar this week, Scotty. We've only got one launch and three anniversaries. But if you want to get to a new event this weekend, you need to get along to Perry Lakes in WA. And if you want to get to a couple of old events, you need to go to Carisbrook in South Australia because they're celebrating their one-year anniversary. Or there's Oki in Queensland. And to round it out, Toowoomba. Now, they're an old event. They've been around for a while, but they're still celebrating. Well, you know, the, it's, it's, it's not less of a celebration the older the event gets. No, it's not. But to be fair, Mel, the first celebration is the best. That's when the real party happens. No? Okay. Well, yeah, maybe maybe it's it's just because 
people feel a bit more comfortable at their events. They don't feel the need to blow so many trumpets, etc. Maybe speaking of blowing a trumpet, it's time for the hotline. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a trumpet in the hotline song? No. I'll add one this week. Listen out for <laughs> it. Listen out for it, okay? And here All we right. go. Mel, did you hear it? I I think it was, it was a bit subtle, subtle Scotty. Yeah, it was subtle. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are um, the epitome of subtlety. You don't do anything large, do you? It's all just very delicate. Now let's have a question from. Well, let's find out who it's from. Hello, Mel and Scotty. Dorothy Dix here. Do you have any other sporting prowesses, either from junior or non-junior days? A very masculine-sounding Dorothy, but as usual, great question. Should I should I take this away first, Mel? Yeah, you start, Scotty. Yep, because I think uh, I think I peaked I peaked in primary school, school captain, school swimming captain, school volleyball captain. That's that's pretty big time, isn't it? Far out. That that is big time. Yeah. All the captainships. Yeah. What and it went happened? downhill. It what went happened? all downhill. <laughs> Competition got a bit tighter. I went to a big fancy school in high school and there was like 300 students in my year level and I got found out. So oh, I, um, I, made, I made the swim team and I, I, I went okay, but nothing fantastic. I, um, I dabbled in some triathlons in my 20s again, went okay. I think I might have even told this story once before. I, I was doing okay in triathlons and the Vic Tri Squad coach spotted me and said, why don't you come along to a couple of training sessions because we've noticed you're really good swimming and you're really good running, but you sort of disappear on the bike leg. So come come and have a ride with us one Sunday morning down Beach Road. So I went for a ride and got dropped in the first couple of kilometres. <laughs> and they said, okay, <laughs> we know the problem. <laughs> come again. But uh, it's probably not looking good. So had a few rides, with, <laughs> had a few rides with them, and again got found out. So that's that's pretty much it for me. I hope you've got a a more glorious tale than that. Oh look, well I think you you outdo me in the swimming. I I remember I got a third place in the twenty five meter breaststroke when I was in grade four. Um, so I'm not sure you could classify that in. Prowess. I'm pretty sure there were only four people in the pool, um, but I did I did podium finish, so I was very impressed with myself at that stage. Um, I did team sports and things like that in high school, though nothing you know overly um, prowess. That's that's the word I want to keep coming back to. Nothing that I would consider myself to be a pro at. Uh, probably the only thing that I was any real good at was when I was younger, I was a bit of an Irish dancer. (laughs) Why is this funny? I'm being serious and it's not, it's, why are you laughing at me then? (laughs) I'm not, it's funny, isn't it? It's not funny. Okay. I laugh at, see, I'm trying to laugh more and I laugh at the wrong places. Irish dancing sport. Who, who do you compete against when you go Irish dancing? I guess you compete against other people, don't you? And they judge you on yeah, your. Yeah, you do. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm just highlighting my naivety when it comes to Irish dancing. Please tell me more. Educate us all, Mel. What happens? No, no. I think I think you've quashed my spirit enough. Thanks, Scotty. I will move on. What sort of levels move did on. you get to in Irish dancing? State. Well, I no. I participate. In a Stedfords, and I got, I got certificates and things for placing in those competitions. But I went into early retirement when I moved away from the Irish club. Thank you, Dorothy, for that interesting question. That's yeah, just highlighted once again the the total lack of respect that I get from my co-host sometimes. <laughs> now that's not true. That's not true at all. I think um, I think it was I think. It was a laugh of respect, Mel. I was just um, <laughs> <laughs> clutching at straws, perhaps. No, no. Anyway, okay. 
moving Let's right along. Mo- moving right along. Should we go, what should we go to next? We've got a list here. Pearlustrations, level up challenges, streaky September, feedback. Where do we go? It's all sorts of stuff. Well, well, let's start with the poll results, shall we? The uh, It's already been published on Facebook. Didn't know Facebook did that. It's quite an interesting little feature on Facebook that when you create a poll, it sort of publishes it and doesn't expect you to do anything else. But it waits the seven days before it gives the results out to anyone. Did you see what the outcome was of the poll, Scotty? I did. Not surprised at all. Were you? Yeah. Well... No, not exactly. I guess it just goes to show that I am not mainstream. Right. Which I always I, I, I always kind of knew anyway. As it turns out, uh, the majority of our listeners would struggle giving up caffeine versus lollies or chocolate. Well, we did a real-life experiment, Mel, and that was the result there. So can we just do a check-in, just checking in on your streak for the Skittles and the chocolate? I am, I am, streak is intact for the Skittles and the chocolate and the wine. All three of those things, still abstaining. It has been a hard couple of weeks recently. Um, Well, I got respect. You don't hear me laughing now, do you? Well, see, the thing is, I only have to stay strong when I'm at the shops. So as long as I avoid the shops, then I, 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 I'm not strong when I'm at home. It's just that I don't have the opportunity to uh, eat those things because I don't have any Skittles in the house. I do have a couple of blocks of chocolate, uh, which I have managed to stay away from. But Skittles-wise, I, yeah, I haven't caved probably because they're not in the home. Yeah. You know what I've done with my coffee? I think I made up for that one day that I went without. And I've sort of, I've had a lot of coffee this month. Been, been <laughs> so you're on a out. coffee streak. <laughs> I, was going, I was coming home from a run last night, like late last night. And I thought, oh, I'd stop and have a coffee, which is not something <laughs> I do, like at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> okay. How, how's your sleeping working out for you? Oh, fine. The caffeine doesn't affect me that way. doesn't okay. affect me at all. So, well, yeah, we don't really need to check in on your streak in that respect because you um, have already established that one day, 24 hours, was as long as you could go. Yep. How are you going with the um, streak itself, the whole reason for streaky September? Because I'm right on track. This is the hard question, Scotty. I only ask the hard questions, Mel. (laughs) I've let everybody down. I'm broken. It's all over. Well, it's not all over. I'm going to go back out there today, but I did not streak yesterday. Very sorry. I Don't be guilt. sorry, Mel. Don't be sorry. It's. I think you explained to me early on, you know, if you miss a day, you can still streak after that, I think is how you explained it to me. You're still on a streak. You just restarted your streak. Yeah, I know, and it's just much shorter, but it's. it doesn't oh, – I just – I know everybody is, you know – Cheering everybody else on, so I just have guilt. Hmm. Well, no need for that. How did it happen? Was it just a rough day with Wesley and everything got a bit too much or couldn't be bothered? Uh, it's it, it was a culmination of, yeah, a big period of, let's say, washing clothes and bedding that had a lot of vomit through it and not getting much sleep. Yeah, it's not great. doesn't sound great. Good excuse. If we're looking for excuses, that's a good one. Anyway, I feel terrible. So let's move on. Let's move on. But you're, 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 on, ta- you're on track. I'm on track and I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it this month. I haven't struggled at all. I, uh, what, I, what I did do is Friday night, I, um, I'm by myself now, so I can't rely on the girls to come with me. And Friday night, we started watching the footy. And as I do, on the couch, I fell asleep. And the plan was I, was I was always going to do my late night streak, on last last minute streak on Friday night. And the problem was I, I slept right through till really close to midnight when Yvonne came in and woke me up and said, quick, <laughs> you've got to go. You've got to go. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I literally had like 10 minutes or five minutes to midnight to go. That is leaving it down to yep. the wire, isn't it? Yep. So I got in my car because I, I live around hills. So I got in my car. I said, 
it's midnight. I, like, I just want to bang out an easy 2K. So I ran to the flattest part of my suburb, got out of the car, went for a run. This is like midnight. So I started at 11.59 on the watch again. Went for Far a run. Out. There was another guy out running. I kid you not. <laughs> I'm running. Was he wearing a balaclava? No, no. I kid, it, it's pitch black. I'm in a sleepy kind of quiet part of Melbourne. Nobody around. Barely any cars. And I'm on the main road. And anyway, I'm coming to the end and this guy keeps running. He's running on the opposite side of the road. Did it scare the bejesus out of you? No, no. But pretty weird. And then I drove back home and he, he sort of kept up with me. He was, he was going pretty quick. <laughs> it <was laughs> okay. Weird. It was really weird. And now he knows where you live. Yeah. Not Do you quite. reckon he went home and went, God, there's some of them out there running tonight? <laughs> I reckon he did. Yeah. I don't think he was expecting to find another runner. That you know what? Maybe, Scotty, maybe that was one of our streakers. Mm, maybe. Could have been. Could have been. He looked pretty serious. Well, what are you trying to say? I look, he looked like somebody who was a serious runner, so I think he would have – I don't know what I'm Training trying to say. Training for something big. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on to the next thing. But the streak is still intact for me. Only a couple more days to go. How are you doing? So you've got your last-minute challenge in. How are you doing with the rest of Bingo? Have yeah, you been- I think I've done everything else except for the Strava art, and I think I'm going to have a tackle at that in the next couple of days too. I know cool. where I'm going. Just got to get Mac together oh. to do it. Is it going to be a big scale thing? No, no. It's not no. going to be any 19 kilometer unicorn. No, no, nothing like that. Okay. It will be pretty underwhelming, but it'll be it'll be done. So that's good. Oh, look, some of our streaky September Strava art has been a bit questionable. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what people are constituting their Strava arts is, you know, akin to a a line drawing of a preschooler. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We all have our different levels of creativity. How's your Strava art going? I did a toilet. Didn't you see it? Oh, I didn't see it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did a giant toilet. Um, I think it's a four-kilometre size toilet. Between four and five. I can't remember that day. <laughs> yeah. But it's, not, it's one I... I had done previously, so I knew that it was it, – it's my go-to Strava art when I I need to pull something out quickly. <laughs> go-to Strava art, of course. <laughs> We've all got that. Um, okay, so a couple more days to complete your bingo challenge. There are some people, there are some of our adventurers who have already completed their bingo card. So for those select few, we have a couple of level-up challenges to complete in the last few Days of September. I do love how some people want more and more and more. So we've come up with barefoot running. I think that's a, that's a nice one to tick off, easy to do. Well, not so easy necessarily. Two well, kilometres barefoot, you have to find the right terrain for that. This is true. Don't do it on the road or on a footpath probably. Try and look for a nice park or a beach to bang out that one. I think I'm going to have a crack at that. I quite like running barefoot. Don't do it often enough, but... Enjoy it when I do. And the la- another level up challenge, um, this is inspired by you, Mel. So you take it away. It's a run the date selfie. So we're not expecting anybody to run the many kilometres for the date or run the many minutes for the date. However, we want you to run the date and find the number of the date. So If you're running today, for example, which is the 26th of September, you need to find or create the number 26 somewhere out on your run or walk and take a selfie with it. Sounds simple, Scotty? Very simple because we want to see our adventurers. We like seeing photos of... We do and we didn't have a a selfie challenge this year. So time to add one in. And next on the list is Pearlustration Preview, Mel. Every year we send out a pearl illustration asking our listeners. In October. Yep, asking our listeners a couple of questions so we can get to know you better and so you can help shape the direction of our podcast. And I think it's fair to say, Mel, we have actually changed the podcast based on the feedback from that pearl illustration slash survey, whatever you want to call it. We have, and we've had guests on as well that have come directly from the Pearl Illustration. Yep. So because look that's out what for the that. listeners wanted. 
We give the people what they want. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. You've got to put up with us, but we give you what you want most of the time. And last year we gave away a TomTom watch because at the time TomTom were a wonderful partner of Parker and Australia and they loved us and we loved them. We still love them and we're giving away another watch this year. So thanks to TomTom. Um, but more details about that next week. Yeah, next week because it'll be October. And we'll share the link and we'll share the details of how you can win that watch. Haven't talked about it with you, Mel, but it's probably going to be the same as last year. Yeah. Um, uh, as in the how you win the watch? Yeah. We're going to have different questions in the Pearl Station. We will. Yeah. Yeah. We always ask the important questions. Some of them will remain the same just so that we can chart progress over time. But there are always going to be some Pearlers in there.